Well, it's 119 here uh, at a Hotline League. It's episode 119. But the show itself is 420. Uh, that's where it's taking place. So it's, it's a, an extra... We're, we're going to be baking some cookies on this episode because that's about as wholesome as we are. Anyway, uh, this... <laughs> Nisky now questioning. That was a his, bungled ass intro. His decision <laughs> to come on the show. What do you mean? It's not a great intro. All right. Some people have like a standard intro with like music and like a graphic. That's not why people are here, Mark. They're here to get scammed in the chat by the scam train. All right. And for you to mess with your cats and for Nisky to be in the void. Either way, coverage is. <laughs> Maybe a bad time to say this, but this show is brought to you by Alienware. We'll talk more about them later on in the show. Mark, my constant co-host is here. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, this is the last thing I'll do for a long period of time until probably next week when I do it again. So uh can't wait for it to be over so I can enjoy my break. Nice. Uh, how's this week been for you? I mean, it's only been two days since we did it you know, the mega one when you last asked me this. And in those two days, I just worked. So uh, I don't really have too many updates for you, bud. Three days. Friday. You asked me Friday night. Saturday, Sunday happened. It's not Monday. Saturday and Sunday and Monday have happened. Monday is is like the middle of my Monday. I got up at noon. Who knows what's going to happen after this show? It's definitely been three days. Anywho, we're joined right now. Uh, Wait, one second. Think about his nights, right? Friday night happens, Saturday night happens, Sunday night happens. No, I don't days. care that I'm wrong. Well, you're introducing Niski. Move on. Niski, <laughs> the the uh-huh. champion is here from uh-huh. Spring Finals. How you been celebrating, man? You go out, you party a ton. You guys hit up the club. You go to some <laughs> bars. You uh, uh, you all go to Disneyland. Not you really. Go out to a nice steak dinner. Not really. I wish. I wish I could make Jack pay for some dinner, you know. But I mean, you got some Korean food, which was good. And uh, yeah, mostly just chilling with the team. Uh, Mastro's in Beverly Hills is doing takeout orders, so you could. Oh really? Do that. Yes. Yeah, uh, you guys should go on Grubhub and just find the most expensive thing because that sounds like Grubhub no isn't going to have Mastro's. Well, I don't know where you're going to get it from. I'm just saying that that sounded lame, and I know it's it's uh, you know mostly due to Corona and no being able to go anywhere, but that doesn't sound like a champion celebration. Where's the, the club in? Where's like the five thousand dollar dinner? Jack is like, go to the I mean, steakhouse, ball out. I mean, we'd go to be honest, but sadly we cannot. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's tragic. That's sad. Tragic. Is he gonna owe you one? Do you guys get like of a, course, yeah, a printed gift certificate that just says good for <laughs> one dinner? Yeah, yeah. Whenever, whenever this situation is over, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna ask Jack to bring it to like you know, like nice. a good one. Uh, well, congratulations on the big win. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a surprise to most people who've been watching the split, but uh, still very, very fun to see Cloud9 win. And I, even just like the moment... Wait, okay. Explain to me what happened with the trophy, because I've heard the trophy broke. Okay, so we won. Um, and then we all... Like, everyone was coming, and then we, like, hold the trophy all together, you know? Um, and everyone's hands was on the trophy, like, at least one hand, you know? Minimum. So everyone was holding it, and then we kind of, like, stopped the celebration i guess in a way and then everyone just dropped the trophy so like no one just hold it you know so like it just broke and yeah that's it so everyone thought okay i'm done now holding yeah the trophy. so someone will hold it you know all but at no once one hold it. so it broke 
It's like the opposite of that game, you know, where like everyone's trying to like lower a hoop at the same time. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, forget it. I appreciate that Nisky just immediately (laughs) said no, by the way. I didn't want to hear it. I really don't. Shut the fuck up, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) All right. He's he's getting cocky. He can uh, can, uh, go off. No, I'm not allowed to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So did you, like, going into the series, were you guys nervous, like, on – because you've been in a, a couple finals now. So, like, you know, how was this compared to the one that you guys were in last summer, let's say? I mean, I think it's really, really different from last summer because I think I had less pressure because my team is just this good compared to mm-hmm. last year, I think, at least. Um, so, yeah, this year I knew that I could kind of count on everyone and kind of just chill and just do whatever I have to do. And then I don't have to, like, overperform or whatever to win the games, you know? Mm-hmm. which I kind of had that feeling last year. And yeah, it just felt good to just play my role, do what I have to do and just win. And how about like the whole lack of stadium fans all around you? Did, did that make it feel less nerve wracking, I guess? Or was that not much of a factor last year either? It was mostly about the actual competition. Um, I mean, I usually don't get nervous, um, even when playing like, on big stairs and stuff. Um, I think, for example, even game three, I was nervous in the first like five minutes, I think. I missed maybe like 10 or 12 CS in a row. Um, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw it, but... No pro yeah. view anymore. You're good. <laughs> True. But like, I mean, I think it didn't really matter for me that you played on stage or like at home or whatever. I would have the same performance, I think, at least. And yeah, I mean, it feels kind of bad that we don't play in an arena, but we don't really have a choice. So still yeah. feel good, though. All right. I have a question for you that I should have asked uh, yesterday. I interviewed Blabber. All right. Theoretical situation. If you had the chance for Team Liquid to be not a dumpster fire this split and <laughs> instead be like as good as they were last split, but there's a chance you know that perhaps they contest you in the finals and maybe they win, but at least you'd have them as like a true rival throughout spring split. Would you rather have them be like as good as they had been and, and actually a true rival? Or do you prefer this world where, like, you guys literally just got to to be like outshine everybody this split? Um, I mean, I'd say it'd be it's all it's always nice. I think to have a team that's good, at least like good enough to beat you, because I feel like this split, no team was like like not even close to beat us, you know. So I think that kind of sucked in a way because it was like less hyped and like. Everyone knew that we should win if we just play our game, and we also knew that. And yeah, I think it would make it really, it would make it better. I think for us and for like whatever team or like TL, I guess in this case, um, yeah, it's always good to have two good teams because then both of them kind of benefit from each other. And I feel like this year or like this split, we didn't benefit from any team. So yeah, yeah, I I, I kind of agree. No, it's like kind of weird that because. TL turn into a dumpster fire, it somehow discredits you guys a little bit in a lot of people's eyes, just because it's like, well, who'd they have to beat? You know, FlyQuest. <laughs> and it's it's kind of fucking lame because you guys were were so good that it's like what well, they I mean, we don't know what TL would have looked like if like Brox had got here from the beginning or whatever, but they also didn't boot camp or whatever. So I feel like it's it's weird to kind of play this what if game when you guys were already slamming this hard prior to the season going crazy with Corona and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a rumor here, which should be come as no surprise to anybody. <clears throat> but the rumor, the very I'm I'm fairly confident in it, is that uh there is no MSI. So Niski, uh, how bad does that sting? Because like, not only do you guys not get to play on stage, but now you don't have any international competition until Worlds. So. Hmm. I mean, I think it feels kind of bad, but yeah, I mean, it sucks because I think one of our goals was kind of to like win the split and then like get to MSI and like improve from there. Um, but since MSI is happening, it kind of sucks. But also, I think we kind of knew that it would happen, that it would not happen, to be honest, because I mean, it's really hard to like make it happen, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think it's like a big surprise for us. So, we're kind of. We're like, okay, it's not going to happen, sucks, but we're still just going to play Summer Split and then just go to Worlds if we qualify, right? So, yeah, I think it sucks, but happens, you know. Just deal are with you, it. Are you personally scared and concerned uh, that Worlds might not happen? Um, I hope it happens. Uh, I feel like it'd be really weird to not have it happen at all yeah um, i don't know if it's possible that it happens but in any case i feel like right with at least to like a tournament I think of like maybe some teams i guess if worlds do not happen um because i feel like not having at least one international tournament in a year this... is really well my my biggest concern is right now if they didn't do worlds and they had they did like a lesser version of it right where they're like we're only going to let regions who are in the clear go. I feel like North America is the least <laughs> likely to go because our handling of this thing has been the worst. We've got the most cases. We've, it's just like a disaster here. And so yeah. I feel like that's my biggest concern is like in your scenario where they're like, okay, we're going to do uh, worlds with a like a asterisk next to it because certain regions can't go. North America would definitely be at least as of right now, the region that would be least likely to go. Yeah. I mean... Uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I mean, I think, to be honest, I think, you know, at least for us, we think Worlds is going to happen, and we're just going to play as if it's going to happen, you know? And then, if it happens, then it's nice. If it doesn't happen, then it's just unlucky. And yeah. What, just what would you feel about, like, an online Worlds? <clears throat> if you really jank, but, like, let's say no travel is possible. You pick a server in between whichever two teams have to play. So, like, you play China, servers in Europe somewhere or something. You both have 250 ping. Oh, and then no. you play LATAM, and then it's oh, somewhere, you know, in, in Brazil or something, and you both have 170 ping. Is that just, like, don't even make me fucking do that? No, that's, that's impossible. Because, yeah. like... It, I mean, it would change the whole meta. Like, you would see, like, Morgana. Everyone or, like, loves Maokai. You know, Maokai, Ord. <laughs> There's going to be, like, no Yasuo's, you know, like, no ADC's. Yeah, I'm just trying to think, because, like, if there's no... If you can't travel, like, is there even a possibility for it? Because we don't even know if, you know, travel's really going to be much of just a Just bring thing. them to us, you know? Just bring them to an A. <laughs> yes. Again, again, I'm sure everyone out there really would love to come to North America right now. Maybe they can hold it in, in New York. I, uh, I mean, I my guess would be, and we don't need to spend too much time on this because it's it's all speculation. But I, it's, I think it's interesting to talk about it right now, especially if if MSI news does come out. Like uh, my best guess for Worlds right now is best case scenario, no audience, 
everybody is in like an empty arena, like empty LCS studio somewhere or something. And, uh, it's just being played out that way. I don't know, but I, I certainly hope it does. And, and part of the reason I, I like, I tweeted after you guys won, like, please everyone social distance because I, you know, I see those beaches in te- in Florida or whatever, where like all those people are staying out there. And I'm like, this, this literally decreases the chances that we'll see cloud. I'd play at an international event this year. You know what I mean? Like if, if it just keeps going and is unchecked and they can't get it under control, I just, I worry. And it's sad because you guys are the most dominant team to exist in terms of at least a single split, like for right now. And, and, uh, I would love to see you guys play G2. I tweeted about like, um, oh man, I wish these teams could go head to head at MSI and all the EU fans came in. They're like, Hey, just so you know, mad lions with three Oh C nine. All right. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, maybe I, I just like to see how it would go. You know, I'm not even saying like C nine would stomp G2 or something like that, but I just, at least having the knowledge of, of what our stomping. Would- yeah. I mean, that's how I feel. Oh, am I okay? Am I dead? No, you're fine. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, the, the thing is, like, C9, you guys play so aggressively and so crazy that it's probably been since, like, 2016 summer TSM that we've had a team like this. I guess spring 2016 CLG was also a little aggressive and stuff, but, like, it's been four years since it feels like we've had a really aggressive team. I see, Travis, Travis did die. Are you oh, back, Travis? Doesn't Tra- look like he's back. I'm watching the stream and we're seemingly fine. He just held a finger up. Oh, we don't hear you. If you're talking to us, Travis, yeah, we don't hear anything. Oh, I turn. I just turned the stream on. I can't even hear him on stream. I can hear myself on stream. Okay. Ah, okay. His microphone actually just exploded. I guess. Um. So, anyways, I was saying because apparently stream's fine. That I think I'm sad that this is the most aggressive oh. team we've we've seen in a long time since probably 2016. So, like four years, and uh, there's a chance that we don't get to see you guys play internationally is, is a huge bummer because everyone always wants like the aggressive creative teams at international play, not like the grind them out style. Yeah. I mean, I do think at least with our like play style or whatever, I think we should be good against international teams in my opinion. Cause like before when like a team was good in the it's like, Oh, they play like, I don't know. For example, TL last year, right? Like they were just playing standard. Just scaling picks, casual, Zarakan, Azir, or whatever, yeah. Corky, whatever. And, like, nothing was, like, special about them playing the game, you know? Or, like, as a team, I guess. But I feel like with us, at least, we have, like, a play style. And we really abuse it really hard. Yeah. So, yeah. I just want to see what we do against other teams. Yeah. Me too. Um, I have a number of callers lined up. Yeah. I don't know if Travis oh, feels... Hello. You can hear me. Hello. Oh, he's back. Yes. Sorry. I think it's the Go XLR device that I use. Uh, sometimes it just feels weird. Anyway, uh, yeah. Do you want me to start grabbing callers? Yes, we should. 
All right. So if you guys have not seen the show before, this is a live call-on show, so you'll actually be able to get to talk to Niski. Uh, to do that, I'm spamming the Discord in the Twitch chat. Go ahead and join up there. Once you join Discord, you're going to go and hop into one of the Pleb Calls voice channels. And then in the text channel above it, you're going to type in whatever it is that you want to talk to him about, which you want to ask him, run by him. If it's interesting, I will pull you from your voice channel into the waiting room voice channel Will you hang out uh, until it's your turn to go. I'll hop in, do a quick mic check, make sure everything's working, and then you'll be on air just after that. I just found out that, uh, I, well, I shouldn't, if, if that clip of me talking about uh msi goes to reddit i get the feeling it'll just get deleted are you are you are you officially sh like shadow like whatever no i'm not shadow banned it's just like they don't uh, it, unless shadow. i have an editor as that's what they've said is that i need to they didn't say it to me but to like multiple people message them and then those people just message me and the reddit mods have said if i don't have an editor i can't go on the subreddit so i need to find like like I'm, wait, what do you mean? I'm I'm your editor in chief. You run everything by me. I I do a good job checking it. What do they mean? Yeah, it's true. Actually, uh, maybe they just don't know that. Maybe they don't know that you are the editor. Uh, you should Gafford just Industries. just make sure to to put that in that I'm the editor in chief of Travis Gafford Industries. Uh, because yeah. it's not like any of these other editors in chief for these fucking websites are probably doing anything significant. So yeah, just put me down, and then what are they going to say? You're the editor in chief. I'm the I mean, editor in chief. Need, I, I don't even need to just put you down because you are. Maybe it's a misconception am. that the Reddit mods have is that you are, they don't know you're the editor in chief. Yeah, that's the thing. You got to update your website. Okay. Yeah, I'll go update travisgaffer.com. I'm going to get the first caller. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Niski, what did you do yesterday after? Because I was joking with um, Santorin about how surreal it must be because normally everybody's in a different city. And there's like an after party and <laughs> people all go out to dinner and it's like, it must be really weird for you guys then to just like walk to the kitchen, get some water and like open up Valorant or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, cool. We just won spring. Uh, I guess I'm going to make a peanut butter sandwich. I mean, I mean, to be honest, we did nothing special. We just ate together and then I don't even know what we did. We did interview to like nine. I think we had introduced to like nine. So, yeah, we're just watching videos together, I guess. Yeah. YouTube or whatever we're watching. I don't remember. Well, noted... Oh, yeah, interview with Sharks. Oh, we did oh, yeah, that, yeah. actually. You guys did that. Noted Travis Gafford moderator, uh, Danny Grimm is here. Danny Grimm, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Redmond, Washington. Redmond, Washington. How are you, how are you doing in Redmond? As good as you can do these days. Yep. I need to stop asking that question because everybody just has the same answer. And it's Everyone's never like, like, I'm fucking depressed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody's low-key depressed. Yeah. Well, what do you want to talk about, Danny? Um, so this is probably going to be a softball for Niski, but uh, I wanted to... My hot take is that C9 are going to be uncontested in summer again and are probably going to slam even harder than they did this split. And the reason why I think that is is because going into spring, we had a few teams in mind uh, that could be strong and and one of those was TSM the other one was Liquid so Liquid are having rumors of double lift leaving and even if he doesn't leave that's not a good sign so I'm guessing Liquid is out of contention TSM didn't get their shit together the entire split and I honestly unless they change something drastic I don't see it changing for summer I'm 
still guessing they're going to be inconsistent. So that's that. And then the other teams, I would look at the top teams in playoffs, and they are all just worse teamwork and not as good player. If you go roll by roll, they're just not. They, it doesn't add up. So I'm assuming with the mix-ups happening uh, towards summer that some teams are actually going to get worse. And I'm assuming also C9 is not going to you know stay in place uh, and like remain at this level. Hopefully they'll get even better. So I'm assuming that they're just going to slam even harder. So that's my take. Miski, you want to start us off with? Um... Sure. Um, I mean, I think that can be true, but I think that can also be harder. I think because, for example, like if like this like this virus thing was not happening, then we usually like boot camp in Korea. But for example, right now we cannot do that, and usually when we go to Korea, then we get better as a team and even like individually because the solo queue is just hundred times better than an A solo queue. Um, but I feel like if the other teams do not change the way they play or there's no like roster changes or anything, then I agree that we will still probably stomp them, in my opinion, just because our playstyle is just way different than theirs. Um, but I do think that, for example, TSM or TL would probably kind of adapt to the way we play or like other teams play, you know, because if they play the same way they did the split, they would probably lose again. They would probably have to change something. And I think they've way more time right now because they already played a split together. And then usually teams need a little bit more time if they're bad, right? Um, to like click together. Because for example, I thought TSM would be good, but then they were really bad for some reason. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it will depend on the teams. And also I think if for the rumor of like, for example, TSM double lift, I think if that happens, if that happens, then TSM should be a good team, right? Content us, in my opinion, at least. So I have a question about that. Um, I, I'll, myself and I think a lot of other people would be like, okay, after they beat you guys in regular season and they had a pretty hot streak, everyone's like, this will be the number two team. Hopefully with this, they can contest C9. Clearly that didn't happen. They were pretty underwhelming after that. Um, what do you think their problems were uh, and how much of that do you think would be solved by Doublelift? Not necessarily just because, oh, Kabe sucks, but like they needed a lane to play around and it didn't work with top lane. Or, you know, like what's what was your diagnosis, I guess, of TSM uh, seeing them f come short? Um, I mean, when we played against TSM or when, we, I, when I saw play them, I thought that when they had a clear plan and like they had a comp where like they all knew what to do in the game, then they're actually not that bad. Or like they were actually pretty good. Like, for example, when we play against them and we lost, they had like a teamfight comp where they just mm -hmm. all press R and then they win teamfights, right? And I feel like they changed into that playstyle where like they play Pantheon Talia or whatever and they play <laughs> Hail top for some reason, like a split push top. But like, I feel like if they won a game against us by playing full teamfight, they should just stick to that thing where like it worked against us. So mm -hmm. why would the team change from it, right? But I don't know. Like, they just play random shit, like, Bjork started playing tanks mid for some reason when everyone was playing majors already, you know? Like, just, their read on the meta was really weird, I think, and just the way they played the game was just really wrong, so. So it sounds I, like the double if would not be a huge solution. No, I mean, It'd just be, like, more I, of an upside chance for them to be good? I mean, I think 
double lift will not solve TSM's issue. That's mm-hmm. my take, at least. Yeah. So it uh, sounds like unless a team really steps up, the biggest thing threatening your guys' reign and summer split would be yourselves and getting complacent or getting worse. Yeah, well, but yeah. I I don't know. So Danny's take is that C9 will stomp even harder. I kind of think like C9 might stomp, but maybe less. Niski, do you think? Would you say it'll be harder? Like you guys will get you guys. You guys, do you guys think you're at your peak? I guess is another way that yeah. Travis is saying. Like, no, could you th- keep getting better? No, I think for sure we can keep getting better. I think there's a lot of stuff that we don't do that we should be doing. Um, and also, like, a lot of stuff that we can improve on, like multiple play styles, you know, uh, stuff like that. But also, I feel like I think we will probably be still better than every team, but not as good as we were in this split or like as dominant because. We bootcamp like a month before everyone else, kind of, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like every team was kind of slacking in the beginning. Some people had like TL had like roster issues. Uh, TSM were like trying to find their ground, you know, like everything was just really bad in the beginning. And I feel like in summer split, everything would at least be like a five out of ten rather than be rather than like a one and a half or a two out of ten, right? Yeah, so, it's easier yeah. to get from two and a half to five as well than it is for you to get from nine to ten or whatever. Yeah, you, right. Yeah. yeah, so that's my take is like, I just feel as though C9 will probably still win summer and you guys will look great. But do you, I think there's a chance you drop more games? Like, probably. Uh, you know, I think FlyQuest started to get a lot better towards the end with their roster move. And I feel like they could become real contenders. I mean, I, even in finals, it looked pretty stompy. But like, there was a game where they could have, I forget. If it was the second, there was one where I felt like they could have. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, if, if you guys played a fourth, is there a chance that FlyQuest could have taken it? You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel as though teams will start to get better. I also think like, let's say TL does trade double lift and they just hard commit to, uh, Kabe or tactical or anybody. And they're just like, these are our five players. We're going to have them the entire time. I don't think that that team places ninth anymore. You know what I mean? Like I feel like yeah, they're yeah. too good to to place ninth, and maybe this will be clipped out in a later rendition of them placing ninth once more. <laughs> uh, but but I uh, I I do think that there's there's a good chance that like while you guys win summer, the rest of the league starts to get their shit together and perhaps challenges you more. And quite frankly, I think that would be good for everyone, including you guys, probably yeah. if that ends up happening. So I'm sure Cloud Nine fans would love to like just be you know blazing up like it's 420 that's how high they are on c9 success in summer but i i do think that there's a good chance that um you get the the league starts to to grow a bit more danny so i guess that's where i would disagree with you any uh any rebuttal danny or any final thoughts on that the the only thing that's going to change is that the soup is going to be more competitive that's the only thing that's going to happen. The soup is going to be more competitive. And... Oh, fuck, I thought that thing died. I was hoping it <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark. That's okay. um, and beyond that, I think just that the, the ceiling of Cloud9, that the current Cloud9 is way above any other existing team in the league. And until I see a team, any team, and I just can't think of an example, but until I see a team that has like a really high ceiling, because like FlyQuest is not the case of high ceiling i think they were playing pretty good and not too far away from their potential uh and so i just don't i think cloud nine is going to keep getting better and they are going to 
uh, be good with more competition, but they're still going to slam everybody. It's just all right. It, it is gotta, what it is. This is a, a small tangent. Niski, what's that one pocket pick that you're convinced you're a god at, but your team won't let you play? Every mid laner has one. Like, and you're saying that, like, oh, there's some play styles we still need to master. Is it like you're a closet Man, like, king? Like, I wanted to play Akali this week, and they didn't allow me, for example, you know? Akali, like, that's, but that yeah. sounds like you. Like, what's the new play style one that, like, you're low-key the best Lulu mid, but your team is like, no, 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 not. no, 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 no. I'm not playing supportive champs, please stop. All right, well, what about, like, Xerath or, like, a poke mage or some, like, weird thing? Like, you're... I mean, I think if there's something that, for example, we have to improve on, I think it's, like, for example, swapping lanes, where, like, I go top, and then Eric goes mid, you know? Oh, uh, okay, just, yeah. I think that's one of the big things. Well, yeah, yeah. What if, like, what I don't if you play let your mid, ADC you know? play mid and you went ADC? Yeah, and I go bot. I mean, we yeah. did that in a scrim, and we won, so... <laughs> Wait, you ran Sindra bot or something, and you just no. went down there? No, no, we had, like, I don't remember, I think it was, like, Yasuo or something, and I went bot, and then Sven played an ADC mid. Mm, Actually, yeah. I think Aragorn mid, and then Sven went top, and then I went bot. <laughs> what the That's fuck? how bored you guys got <laughs> got at scrims? No, I mean, it was a good it was a good draft. We had to do it with the draft we got, so. Okay. Okay. <laughs> It'd be sick to see you guys start doing that in in summer. I would love to see that. I mean, maybe. Well. Okay. All right. Thanks, Danny. Any shout-outs? Anything you want to say? Thanks for having me on the show. Have a good night. Yeah, have you. a good one. All right. Uh, on to the next caller. Some shout-outs. Aldor, I don't know if you're still here, but you gifted five subs, and I saw it immediately, but I didn't want to disrupt the show, so thank you for that. Uh, very generous of you. Alex B four seven four three. Thank you for the prime. So many things. Thank you for the prime. Uh, Fiery Nimbus. Ateo Rachel for two whole years. Thank you for being a sub. Someday, maybe we'll even meet. Uh, Nimbus is here. Wait, Nimbus, did you sub just a second ago? No, I did. Oh, you did. That's the only reason we picked him. Remember, because oh, we're yeah. exactly. <laughs> I let my editor in chief pick based off of subs. Uh, N- Nimbus, uh, what? Where are you calling from? I am calling from Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham. How's it? How's it going in Alabama? Uh, it's pretty quiet. Everyone's still doing their lockdown stuff, like everywhere else. But I don't think it's as bad here as it is everywhere else. Well, uh, I've heard that from some of the southern states. What do you want to uh, talk about on the show? So my topic is that Niski got robbed of Spring Split MVP, and that. Blabber should etch Niski's name in on the trophy next to him, and they become co-NVPs. <laughs> Have you brought this up with Blabber yet, Niski? The suggestion? Um, no, I did not actually. Okay. Yeah, let's steal it from him one night and get the little chisel out. And I actually don't even know what what it what it says on the trophy. I have no you, idea. You have no idea. Um. Because you haven't had it yet. That's why. All right. I was I you actually. <laughs> Okay, but do you do you feel okay, Niski? You look at, and I should say by the way, you were my. I voted you number one in the MVP thing. You can go look at the spreadsheet. All right, that's why you agreed to come on the show. Mm-hmm. Mark, you're making a face. Uh, did you did you not? Uh, Mark, what? Where where are we going with this? I heard you were one vote away from MVP, so it would be wild if uh, Mark didn't. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but do you, do you? You know, when you look at the stuff and you see, like, okay, Svenskeren got it. Okay, now Blabber got it. Okay, what's the common factor here? I mean, do you do you feel like you deserved it? Uh, I don't know. How does that work for you? Um, I mean, I won't say I deserved it. I think Blabber had fucking best split of his life. 
I mean, it's his first plate, and he has the best plate of like any other jungler that was in an A, so it makes sense, I think. Um, but also, I think it's like our team was this good, so it's like everyone looks really good as well. And uh, I like I wouldn't be surprised if like even Vulcan got it or if Zvan got it, you know. I think anyone could have got it. I mean, Zvan like, just said in chat, "That's right, you didn't deserve it. I did." Shut the fuck up, Zvan. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think. I mean, I think Blabber kind of deserved it in a way, but I, I thought that the vote should have been closer. But yeah, I guess people just don't think I'm MVP worthy yet, so it's fine. What's what's the what's the non humbleness you say? You know, like the voice in the back <laughs> of your head. <laughs> That's not, no, no, that no. was a good PR answer, but I'm wondering what <laughs> like you get Niski drunk and you're like, why didn't you get the MVP? What does he say? No, I mean to be honest, I thought I'd be closer to get MVP. Because mm-hmm. like last summer split, like I, I thought I played really good as well, and I feel like I was not even like close at all. And like this summer split as well, I was not even close, like at all, kind of I guess. But I mean, I guess I make my junglers look, just look insane. So I mean, well, that's, and that's I mean, what that's I was going to ask you know? too. Do you worry that it's something with your playstyle? Where oh, I just noticed we hit exactly sixty-seven thousand followers. Um, is it? Do you worry that it's something to do with your playstyle? Where you know, you're inherently just the way you play the game is going to make your junglers look great and perhaps de-emphasize you on the team, even if you still have some standout performances. Um, I mean, I don't think that's right. Um, I think, for example, last summer split, I didn't play any... Like, I wasn't playing just pushing mids and just roaming, kind of. I was playing the carries, you know? I was playing Yasuo, Aurelia, Kiana, and it was, it was kind of the same. And I feel like this year, I play more the style of, like, Helping my jungler, I guess, or like being good at mid jungle because that's how the game works. And then so I'm snowballing my side lanes with Blabber. Um, so I think, I guess it makes sense. But also, I think I also play like I play Yasuo, I play Kiana, I play the melees, the carries, you know, the mages, like Zoe, you know. Yeah, so. I think it, I think it does play a little bit into it because I thought you had a lot better of a split this split. Um, but it was when you were more roam heavy and it felt like more willing to set other people up, you know, mm-hmm. um, the, the reasoning I had for putting blabber over you, it was, it was hard. I went back and forth a bunch and like the two arguments were basically, if I had to pick one person to keep on C9, I would probably pick Niski to keep. I think he's more important overall for the team's success. But when I look at the stats and the and how much better Blabber's numbers are and all this stuff and how much better he's been in early game and skirmishing and controlling the game and all this stuff. He's way, way better because you are more selfless in a way about how you set things up. And so the way I always like talk about it in, in this regard is like if there's two great players on a basketball team, the point guard who's getting like 20 assists a game, giving to the guy dunking it in, like who's leads the league in points. Like sadly, the guy leading the league in points is the one who's going to get the MVP. And that's kind of how I vote. It's based off performance, not like what I think is the most important player in a theoretical sense. And so like I ended up putting Blabber for that reason, because he had nearly twice as many kills as the next closest jungler. Like he was, he was crushing everybody. Whereas I think you're more important in some sense, the overall play style of C9. And it's, I, I was surprised. I mean, it was super close. Um, but Blabber had the more insane stats. When, and there was something that happened a couple of years ago that really bugged me. When Jensen had um, 50 more kills than anyone else in the league, he fucking shit on everybody. And he didn't win an MVP. 
And I voted for him number one that year. And it was one of those things where I'm like, God, people just like convince themselves that someone, you know, like you're saying, deserves it more. That like Bjergsen deserved it more because, oh, just because he's playing with a better team doesn't mean he can shine as much or something. And I was like, ah, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't get behind that logic. Like, I want to give it to the guy who actually did the bigger stuff on the rift. Not, you know, who cares if his team was worse and they set him up and they dumped more resources into him. He still did the thing. And that's that's where my voting comes from. I don't know how much that is reflective of the general voting pool for why Blabber won, but that's that was me. Uh, I will say the reason I think Niski does deserve at least some recognition for the MVP. Well, he deserves Every a shitload. Time. I, I think like, it's I, I almost feel criminal in some regard. Nimbus, that I, didn't get I agree with you that Mark is not doing enough to highlight <laughs> but, Niski's achievements. Every time Niski left lane to go roam, it was a pog champ moment. That's all yeah. I'm saying. There was so I was watching a game with Prolly, and we were watching like these. I think it was right. It's like you played Zoe, and then like the next game, someone else played Zoe. I think it was like Golden <laughs> Glue or something. And I, don't want I to think play so. Golden yeah. Glue. Uh, <laughs> but there was like. You went for all these flash E's. Like you had one in the top lane where you like you pulled the minion wave so that you could go for a flash E or something to to bubble them. Uh, and probably I was like, oh wow, that's so great. And then like uh, the next game, you know, Golden Glue does something similar, but he misses the bubble. I'm like, oh, I'm not sure that was worth it. Blah blah blah. And then probably's like, dude, shut the fuck up. You're just saying that because he missed. Niski did like the same thing. And I'm like, you're right. Niski just makes these plays look good, even though they're like pretty risky but if you if you land them it's not it's not risky yeah that's true yeah so i, I mean i think i hope you get an mvp soon because i definitely think you deserve it's it fine, guys summer summer I got summer, summer's your split dude even though sven wants it in summer i will i will get it <laughs> sven's never getting it. i mean blabber could get it again <laughs> by the way <laughs> I, don't, I hope you know it you're you're already disregarding the guy who just got it. I feel Shit, like it actually, but man, we need to swap. I need to put Blabber mid, and I I need to be jungler now. Yes, exactly. I don't know and if that would, would be a good it. idea. But... Just ask Reaper for like, all right, he's gonna play J four. He's gonna play, <laughs> I don't know, whatever weak stuff that's just supposed Sejuani. to be in support. Yeah, Sedge. There we go. Uh, all right, Nimbus. Thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to say? Yeah, a uh, huge C9 fan. Shout out to Puma and their comfy sweatpants. And Hell yeah. thank you, Alienware, for supporting Travis and this awesome show. Thank you so much. Have a good one. By the way, Mark, um, maybe we, we do a quick break here, but before then, I, I wanted to say, we didn't talk about it at the start of the show, but I am so happy that Riot decided to have Sushi Dragon do the after party. I, I wanted to, I forgot. I was going to talk about this at the start of the show. It is so unlike Riot and so unlike the LCS, I feel like, to do something like that. And uh, and because I just feel like they're very, like, all about the safe. clean polish, you know? And, yeah, safe. Yeah. And um, I actually felt like he did such a, a great job, and it was so fun to watch. Obviously, I'm a big Sushi Dragon fan, but I also think it's great for them to be able to highlight, like, another creator. And, uh, you know, no offense to what the LEC did with their DJ, but... I just like that's the type of stuff I love and want to see more of in esports where we like lift up our own uh people and our own talent than rather than necessarily going out and finding like hey here's like a an EDM artist and now I will take an EDM artist a million times over DJ Khaled uh for from Overwatch League but I yeah Niski did you watch any of the after party? No. He was busy celebrating doing a bunch of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was I was too busy. Yeah, that's right. Your, your guys' interviews and stuff sound wild. Sounds like a hoot. 
Uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. I didn't actually watch that much of it because I, I just like kind of signed off and went to get food. Uh, but then I was I was watching all the the clips after, so it looked pretty wild. I'm glad people liked it. As a as a longtime sushi dragon connoisseur, I've seen I've seen him at, enough times that like I feel like the first time you watch Sushi Dragon is like this You're like just, unreal moment. You're just yeah. like, what the fuck am I watching? And like he's still good after that, but the first like you always remember your first time. Yeah. Well, and just for the after show, the way he integrated all like the league uh, footage and all that stuff, I thought was yeah. In particular, the, really the League of Legends of the Base Hunter remix was great. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and I think that the remix was probably Y two K. I think is the name of the person that was. Yeah, I'm with sure him. he made it. Yeah. The the DJ. So I don't want to steal any you know, the music uh, stuff from from the DJ that was part of the stream. But I, I mean, I don't know. I just I was I I hope that Riot is willing to. To, I hope that their takeaway was this was a good idea. We should do more of this stuff. And they raided Sushi Dragon afterwards, which I feel like is very unusual for them to do something like that. And I just thought it was really cool because if you stuck around for the stream, like afterwards, he was just losing his mind because so many people were subbing and sending bits and like really just showering him in love for something he obviously put a lot of time into. So shout out to Sushi Dragon. Shout out to Riot for doing that. Also, shout out to Alienware. Really quickly, we're going to take a break. Nisk, if you want to grab a glass of water, here's a, here's your moment. Um, I'm good. Okay. Well, either way, thank you so much to Alienware for making so much of this happen. I know I already talked about this on the uh, Mega Hotline League that we did on Friday. By the way, shout out to everybody who came on for that. But Alienware.com slash Travis is newly revamped. I'm going to go ahead and put a link into it in the chat. Uh, with a, It's a dedicated portal now that highlights our sponsorship uh, together. So you can go check it out. Um, it's, it's really cool to see the stuff that they've done. There's a, like a dedicated video that we made for them and you can see there's like a giveaway up at the top, um, highlights a lot of the gear that I personally use. There's a picture of Mark's cat kind of hidden on one of those, uh, screens if you want to see that, but, and then we have our dedicated, uh, code now, Travis Tanoff, whenever you go there. So it's, uh, Riot has had this for a little bit. I've a little, been a little jealous of it. So now... We have a dedicated page. Go check it out. Go see my face on the Alienware website. I think it's kind of cool. And by the way, we are still giving away Hextech chess uh, at Alienware Arena. So I just said Alienware.com slash Travis. Alienwarearena.com slash Travis. You can, uh, if you're in, in the US, I think I think it's just the US. It might, might include Canada, but you can sign up. They're giving away 3,000 Hextech chests. Like not not just a giveaway where you sign up and then you might win. If you have not signed up for Alienware Arena before, you can sign up now for the very first time and immediately get a Hextech chest uh, given to you. So AlienwareArena.com slash Travis. Um, still have uh, more that we're giving out. Not everybody has claimed them yet. So go do that literally right now. You can get a Hextech chest. And uh, signing up actually does help me. So uh, AlienwareArena.com slash Travis. They've, they bought a ton of those things from Riot. And uh, yeah. I don't know. Does has anybody tried it yet? Have they gotten a key with it? I believe. I think you probably get a key with it. So, but I'm not entirely sure. So go go check it out. I believe it. I believe it should. Um, Danny Grimm linked this. I just want to make sure that it's working. Yep. Danny Grimm just put the link in the chat because he's a great mod. Uh, go go check it out. Um. Anywho, thanks, Elmer. Back to the. All right. I think did your mic just cut out again, Travis? It did, I think. No. <laughs> oh, God damn it. I was about to say, during that break, I was going to check the voting for, oh. from last split. 
Jensen got first team over you. I put you number one. What the fuck? What are people doing? Happens. Hello. It's fine. I was new. You're 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 one split behind everything you deserve. That's what it is. You should have had first. <laughs> you should have been MVP this split. You'll get a next split. Uh, I'm gonna get the next caller, even though Travis can't be here. Uh, I'm just gonna go down. Be right back up. All right. <clears throat> Jensen is better than Niski. Yeah? I mean, Jensen was pretty good last summer, so. We want a cat for Kobe. Yes, hashtag cat for Kobe. <laughs> no. All right, I'm back. All right, oh. nice. I was alone here. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I know. I was just like, ah, I should just keep the <laughs> show going. Um, all right, so we got Ham. Joining us, Ham. Where are you calling from? Uh, the Bay Area, Mountain View, California. Nice. And Travis would have asked, "How's it going there?" <laughs> well, everyone else is on lockdown, but I'm like an essential business, so I'm just enjoying no traffic. Yeah. So you still have to go in for work? Yeah. So I work in biotech, and uh, we're not really we're not doing stuff related to COVID, but we have like animals and stuff that we have to take care of. So. Okay, so you have like things you actually like, you yeah. have to go in. Okay, yeah. Um, so uh, what, oh, what was I'm your back. talk? Oh, nice. We oh, don't need back. you. I'm doing fine. Okay, <laughs> continue on, Mark. What was your topic, Ham? Right. So my my hot take was that Rainover, the addition of Rainover to the coaching staff, was like the secret ingredient blabber popping, and just more generally, like C9 has like their coaching staff is miles ahead of any anyone else in the LCS, and that's why. They had such a commanding performance. Probably why, uh, like Danny said, continue this. Performance. I've never seen Niski to to a caller get a finger yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is it. I'm excited to see what Niski has no, to no, say. I mean, okay. I mean, yes, Rainover... I, I like to hear what Niski has to say about Rainover as a coach. Okay. I mean, Rainover did work with Blabber last year, um, but this year Rainover worked only with the academy team, at least for the spring split. So I don't think he had that much interaction with Blabber. Maybe he did, but I don't think so. So how much of it was what he learned last split when he was? I mean, maybe, I mean, more? I mean, last year he talked a lot to Blaber, so I guess I guess it helped him a lot, maybe. Uh, so you, you're asking, yeah. So who are like the main coaches? Because it's okay. Reaper and Rapid Star, the two that the no, main we have, two. Okay, we have Reaper, we have West, and we have Rapid. Right, West Rice moved up. That's right. So we have like three coaches. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to like pick apart your coaching uh, tree and like you know give away any secret sauce. But what is it like working with them? Who's doing what? You know, what are scrims kind of like? Is it like Reaper runs it and then they talk to you after? Or, like you know, mm -hmm. what what is it like being a, a C nine player with the coaching staff because they do get a lot of credit. I mean, this split, I think we did things differently, which was really good. Um, so Westrise kind of focuses a lot on draft with the help of Reaper, I guess, in a way, or like he organizes or champion pool and mid teams champion pool. And like, what do we need to ban for this champion or blah, blah, you know, like just more drafting. And then also mm -hmm. kind of is our personal coach, I guess, after the games, he kind of comes, he's like, oh, maybe you should have done this on side lane. Like he gives, he gives tips, I guess. Um, and then usually we end our scrim, we were all together and we just start talking about the game. I guess we're just watching the game, and then 
when we see an issue, anyone can just jump in. It's not like Reapert is like Reapert is kind of easing the conversations between players this split, which helps the players a lot, I think. Kind of communicating or like saying what they think or if someone fucked up then they will tell it. Say it, mm-hmm. you know, but like with no feelings. So I think that helped us a lot. And I think that's why we're also this good. So I think that's yeah, that's how it is. So it was a, a little bit less like top down where like you're being told stuff and it's yeah, more kind of. like it's everyone's like, working. Yeah, out. I mean, he gives suggestions or like if we actually argue about it, then he gives his opinion. And then we kind of all agree on one point that we do next time. And yeah, that's how we move forward. It's good. I, it's interesting. Good, I yeah, I mean, I I always think league is a player's game. Uh, you, you know, you hear people talk about some sports being more like the coach has a larger hand in what's going on and stuff. Uh, and, you know, league coaches can help with draft. But, like, once you're in the game, it's all you guys anyways. Mm-hmm. So, um, What about Rapid Star? Because I, I heard you mention it. I wasn't sure what you... Uh, maybe I missed. Um, I mean, Rapid usually only works kind of with the mid laners. So, I think he... Wo- I mean, he works more with Palafox than me. Um, so, he's the reason you're not an MVP yet. <laughs> he's I mean, the he reason worked, he made first team honest, to split, you mean. I mean, last year, he worked with me a lot, which helped me like really improve on like my communication uh, my way of like like freezing lane or whatever you know like a lot of stuff of like his experience that he taught me which was really helpful and this year he's mostly focused on palafox and then also kind of with me of like champion pool or if he saw something in lpl that's good or in lck then he kind of brings it up mm-hmm. um so yeah that's that's pretty much it yeah i mean i think what's very interesting is that coaching is i mean we've talked about this on the show before like you never know like people who have won coach the split before later on you find out that they were utterly useless (laughs) they get immediately replaced and then other times it's like okay well this coach is good but it's actually really the coaching staff around him that it's they're all equal or sometimes you know it is literally just carried by one person so i think that's one of the things where it's like super difficult to ever find out you know uh forward facing like what what a single coach actually does. And and I think the nice thing is that now the league has existed long enough that you can start to see like, okay, Cloud9 seems to continuously be able to build rosters using sometimes rookie players or players that are not known as well. And uh, very clearly, you know, the coaching staff over there has a, a pretty big hand in that. Can, can I jump in here, Charles? Yeah. Yeah, so like one thing that I noticed, so I went and looked at all the coaching staff for all 10 teams. Uh, in the LCS. And there's like a clear, ignoring Cloud9 at the top, there's like a clear split between like a bunch of teams that have pretty new coaching staff and a bunch of teams that have pretty old staff in terms of their history. So teams like Evil Geniuses, 100 Thieves, FlyQuest, they all have pretty new uh, like analysts or assistant coaches, uh, even, even head coaches, whereas teams like uh, like Liquid, like saw, uh, Kane has been there for a really long time and he has a pretty long career so like there's i feel like there's this old guard of somewhat like dinosaur kind of less useful coaches that are like taking up the bottom and then there's this new wave of really fresh new talent which is why those like FlyQuest is doing really well and uh loyota sig uh, they're they're pretty new they don't they're not they, they weren't pro players and didn't have a long history so yeah, I mean, Kane uh, came from a C9 originally uh, from their coaching staff. And then before that, I mean, obviously he was a pro player as a support uh, with Prey. 
And then I, th- I think there was a, an intermediate step. He coached somewhere between being a pro and joining C9, I believe. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like the way I think about it is it's harder to find good coaches than good players. Um, and so as well as the fact that some good coaches move on, like Daler seemed like a great coach and he coached for two years and fucked off, uh, you know, and that's, that's a pretty big loss. I think for the, coaching some bad side. coaches move on. Like Mark is currently doing hotline league with me. You know, what I, mean? I he- was, I, I, I made sure I struck while no one knew what the fuck was going on. I snake old coach sales money. in my way into the esports scene. And now yes. I talk with Travis Gafford. Yeah. You, you uh, had that no, high moment like, before, and now you've fallen. You know, that's. I'm just saying that uh, it's it's probably hard in esports without having as much of like there there is starting to get there a little bit more now with um, you know collegiate scene coaching and stuff like that. But a lot of the collegiate scene coaches are ex pros as well, and it just feels like it's harder to find talent in the coaching s- sphere without just getting your hands on them and seeing how they work with you for a, a split or a year. Um, so it's, it does seem like C9 has managed to find, you know, some of the best coaches. And Jack was talking about this on the call that we have with him on Friday, just having Reaper has helped him immensely whenever he has an idea being able to have someone who can help him with it. By the way, uh, Danny and the Danny Graham in the chat pointing out that Kane was on CJ. Uh, uh there we go. Before C9. Uh, Niski, maybe last question on the coaching stuff before we move on to the next caller, but um, what have you seen during your time Reaper grow or change as a coach, or is he about the same as he was when you first joined the team? Um, I mean, I think I think he changed a bit from last year to this year. Um, but like this year, he's kind of helping more with like, like, okay, so basically like for him, a good coach is like making sure that he gets 100% of the potential of the player, right? Which I think is something really important. Because, like, in my old teams, for example, my coaches would just teach us the game, you know, in a way. And not, like, realizing that a player is good at, like, roaming or a player is good at, like, carrying games when he gets resources. Then he builds the team around it, stuff like that. But I feel like with Reaper, it's like, he knows what everyone's kind of good at and what everyone's bad at. And he just tells you, for like, straightforward, you're bad at this, so you should probably play this play style. Or you're good at this, so you just abuse it, you know. and I think that's something that he's done way more like this split, and I think it has helped us a lot, in my opinion. So, what has he told you you're bad at? No, I mean last year, for example, I was playing Azir last year. I was really bad at it, you know. <laughs> like, okay, maybe, maybe go away from like you know the Chronicle Rages and just just play, just play really, you know, just just go in. <laughs> uh, so uh, I know a lot of people talked about you kind of adopting some of Doinby's habits and play style and approach and mentality and stuff how much of that was just you watching worlds and seeing him and being like oh fuck or and how much was like coaches working with you and the rest of your team having an input or was this like you being like i want to do this this and this um i mean basically during summer split last year i was like that's when i actually started to watch lpl a lot and then i got told like oh you should watch this dummy guy he's playing weird shit and he's dark technology yeah he's like pushing every wave he's diving bot every wave he's diving top every wave and i was like okay that seems fun you know (laughs) and then i I started watching him and then i'm talking i was like kind of memeing of like okay guys i'm gonna be the NA doing b blah blah and then that's when like summer split kind of went off and then we went to rolls 
and then I kind of got shit on, I guess, in a way. <laughs> especially, especially by doing bean scripts, like really shit on, you know. And I was like, okay, this guy's good. Let's see what he does, you know. And then I kind of realized my myself of like, okay, I have to change something because I was really bad at roles. So what can I do to like change and be better? Mm-hmm. And then I started watching replays of like our scrims and of how like his pro view and what he does with his jungler, especially because that's how what that's how he abuses the yeah. game in a way. Um, so yeah, I just kind of learned from him, and then yeah, I look at what he does with what champion, how he plays it, and I kind of adapted it to my style, I guess. And yeah, wow. what would you say to you were... the inevitable people that will just say, "This is why North America will never be good because we just copy the other regions"? I mean, it's not copying; it's learning. Because I don't play like I don't only play Pantheon. Like for example, Dornby doesn't play. Zoe, he doesn't play Aurelia, he doesn't play Kiana. Actually, he does play Kiana, but like, he doesn't play every champ that I play, and I'm not playing necessarily every champ he plays. I'm just kind yeah, of looking at it. Yeah, if it like looks good, then I'm like, okay, I might want to try it. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, God, you were getting shit on by Doinby and Scrims, man. Yeah. That was, how can that happen when he's not even good in lane? Man, that's what, man, in my head, I'm like, and you know, like when like Nemesis, like he did his interview stuff, I'm like, <laughs> Don't be really bad in lane. I'm like, <laughs> I don't think so. You know. <laughs> so, you're, so you're like, wait, either I'm fucking awful or he's wrong. I was like, am I this bad or what? You know. <laughs> oh, that's uh, great. Yeah. Ham, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Oh yeah, can I plug my Twitter? Sure. Yeah, my Twitter is fortunate ham. Give me a follow or something. And if any uh, pro teams are watching this and need an analyst, uh, former Optic analyst, former Ecofox analyst, here, could use the work. So. Okay, you defend yourself because neither of those teams did great. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Ecofox, I'll say I did a lot of work. So, I mean, this is endemic to the scene, I think. I did a lot of work that was absolutely not used at all, ever. The coaching staff was like, do this. Watch this VOD and tell me what is in it. And then they never even looked at it. So that was one thing. And for Optic, well, I mean, I stopped doing one thing and then they started doing bad. So I think I should have kept doing the draft prep that I was doing before <laughs> instead of the other thing. Zix anyway. in the chat says, fuck, this guy sounds really good. You got a call coming, Ham. Don't worry. 100 is going to hit you up. Yeah. All right. All right thanks, Travis. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, so, thanks so much for the call. All right. Um, moving on to the next caller. <laughs> that guy <laughs> might be a hundred thieves next split. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred thieves. You, the gap is going to close when hundred thieves gets our our analyst friend there. Yeah. Him. Uh, long just resub for two months. I'm not going to say your full name. John G three six five. They really eleven months. Gabarino, St. Louis Slayer twenty four. Quibbly or Quiblo. Uh, thank you for the two months. Oh, St. Louis Slayer for twenty two months. Snarf zero nine or zero five one and Kyle zero eight zero eight with the tier two for twenty seven months and the five gifted subs. T Swift seventy six. Thanks for the prime. TSM super fan is here. TSM <laughs> super fan. <clears throat> Where are you calling Hello? from? Um, calling from Toronto, Ontario. Okay. Is your take related to TSM? I mean, I put two, but I think I got picked for the C nine one. Yeah. Okay. My take was uh my take is C9 won't be considered a good team unless they do well against international competition. 
I really hoped your take was my take is C9 won't do as well next split if TSM gets no, double no, no, lift. No, no, no. Like, yeah, that, <laughs> Whoa, okay, no. What? Um, so let me ask you this just real quick before we dive into it, TSM Superfan. Would you ever say TSM was good then? I mean, okay, this might sound biased. No, well, this this season, this season, no, because obviously with no, I don't mean this season. I mean ever. Um, like as twenty, because again, like my definition of like a good team is like them being able to do well, you know, internationally and exactly. Even like twenty sixteen, there's two examples that I that I thought it was twenty sixteen summer TSM, and then twenty sixteen spring CLG where they won they won spring and then went to you know MSI slash Worlds. Did I mean TSM didn't get a uh, surprise? They, I believe, they like rolled over. Was it Samsung at the time? And then they had one game against Samsung, yeah, that they won, I mean, and one that they lost. One is better than zero, right? But and then CLG, MSI, they beat RNG, SKT, and then they made it to finals. So, yeah, that's... wait, what? No, they the like... CLG team, you mean? Sorry. Yeah, the CLG. Yeah, he said CLG. So, so I was asking about TSM. So TSM never did anything. So they were never good, right? That's that was the conclusion that we reached. I mean, as as a TSM super fan, like I've been a fan since like forever, and like definitely, yeah, they've never. Uh, been I'm just good. all I'm doing is trying to find the same same measuring stick that we're using for C9. You know, if you want to say C9 is not a good team until they do anything, I'm right there with you, dude. I. I mean, I think they're a great team right now. They're they crush domestic. They're the best team we've yeah, ever yeah, seen in North sure, America. Sure. But I can't wait to see them in international, like you're saying. But if that doesn't make them good, well, then there's only one or two good teams North America's ever had by that metric. But if that's the yardstick, I I mean, that's that's fine by me. Oh, as so here, as so yes, applying it to everyone. Okay, here, here, I'll come in and, and moderate this. So TSM super fan, are you willing to admit? that based off of your own expectations for C9, we have to say that TSM was never good. Internationally, yes. Okay. Niski, do you feel like this is a fair measuring stick to uh, judge yourself by, or do you think it's it's fine to break up, you know, domestic success and international? Um, to be honest, I think... Or at least I'm pretty sure uh, that like a lot of European players um, think that we are good, unless they're just lying about it. Yeah. Because I mean, if I mean we're not like winning games by just doing nothing, you know. It's like you can see that we're actually good. I think at least. And yeah. I feel like if you don't see it, then maybe you just have another. I don't. know, Maybe you see the game from another, in another way. But I feel like our play style and the way we crush games is just we are a good team and i think we proved it but every team is shit as well so i guess it makes sense that people think that we're not that good in a way but also how can we prove that we're actually good if we're just stomping everyone and people still think we're bad you know like it just <laughs> yeah, you're you're never going to be able to show that yeah, you're good like, oh we went for oh. a first split we didn't drop mid one tower for like 15 games or whatever but they're still bad because it's na like yeah sure you know i mean that's it's really weird to say i think but i don't yeah, have I too, too much of 
too much of a follow up. It seems like this is kind of a moot conversation. Well, I think it's uh, it's an interesting conversation. I don't know if I want to get into just about like, is it fair to just say like teams aren't good if they don't you know reach international success? I don't quite agree with that. Um, like I think those CSM teams were really good, you know, and I don't think they should get discredited because something else happened months later at a different inter- like an international event. Um, you know, metas change, different things happen. They could have bet underperformed. You know, who knows? So you say, well, when they were in North America, they were great. Who knows when Worlds rolls around? You know, we're talking about if C9 and Niski and them are going to drop off at all. Maybe the meta changes and it's like this totally whack play style that they have to get used to. And then they go to Worlds and they bust her out in groups. Does that mean that they weren't the most dominant North American team we've ever seen? Because months later, they fucked up at Worlds? Like... Those are the kinds of things I think it's it starts getting a little bit hard to, to, to judge teams on when you're doing that. So you just say, well, for spring split, we saw the best team we've ever seen. And uh, also on Tanisky's other point about how other people are talking about C9, I think there has been a, a increased level of respect for them by other pro players um, because some teams in North America have been able to win with a slower play style that kind of almost feels like they're just inherently better, so they don't need to do anything that interesting um, just because they have more talent on that roster. And C9 does have a ton of talent on their roster, but it's not like they had more than Team Liquid this split on paper. They clearly are playing better and doing more compelling things that you can see how they move around the map, the kind of fights that they're taking. Uh, draft is better. And so it's it. if you are watching the games closely, you can see that yet yeah, this is not the typical in air quotes, typical North American team that just kind of controls Drake's and goes bot and then goes to objectives. Like they, they scrap it out like fucking crazy and stuff. So I think it's, it, you know, even if you are one, I don't think you should just judge people based off international success only. And two, you can also just try and actually trust your eyes a little bit and see that they're doing more things. Is some super fan. Any final thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Huh? Well, any final thoughts, TSM super fan? Guess I'm super um, caller. Yeah, I'm still here. All right. Well, any final thoughts? I hope C9 does well internationally if there's worlds this year because I'm going to finals in Shanghai and I want to watch C9. So yeah. Hell yeah, bro. See you there. Are you uh? By the way, TSM Superfan, are you in favor for Double of joining or them or do you keep Kabe? TSM Just keep Kabe, man. <laughs> I don't know right now. I haven't really taken a lot of thought about that. But you're a TSM Superfan of like the biggest story that's happened to them this year and you haven't put any no, thought in it? Just juggling like university exams and stuff. Okay, so. okay. Fair enough. Yeah, You've been busy. I understand. There's, there's other things in life even when you are a TSM Superfan, Travis. Yeah, that's true. All right. Thanks so much for calling TSM Superfan. Have a good one. All right. We've got three more callers to go. Twitch chat just says that guy's high as fuck. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Akami, Akarni Liberated, Akarn Liberated, thank you for the Prime, and F Funk, thank you for the Prime. We're actually 15 subs away from 1,400, which I don't know what my highest amount of subs ever on the channel was, but I think that that would be. Getting close to it. Uh, Mark is pulling our next. Continuing on the international chalk. Here we go. Dusk is here. Dusk, where are you calling from? 
Hey, what's up, man? I'm calling from uh, San Antonio, Texas, so South United States. <laughs> nice. Good to talk to you. How are things going in San Antonio? Uh, you know, actually, I, I am kind of disappointed with how uh, Texas as a state has been taking the whole COVID-19 thing. Um, my father actually works in medical medical care, so uh, he understands how bad the entire outbreak has been. But, um, I mean, it's been going good, man. I think we were having a lot of issues in regards to our governor allowing people to start reopening local counties and stuff. And I just think that's the wrong move. But, you know, other than that, it's just stay home, play League of Legends, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, hang out, do work, work out. And stuff like that. Yeah. What is the uh, it's play at home together, I think, is the thing that, that everybody's been talking about. <laughs> uh, for me, it's just sitting in practice school. And just gamers against it. COVID. What do you, you want to <laughs> gamers versus COVID-19? Imagine how much worse this whole pandemic would be if we hadn't all taken that pledge. Hey, if everyone uh, do knew so about League Check, but good. Just where do you where what do you want to talk about on the show? So, I, I need to preface this a little bit just because we do have a legend in our midst who is Niski, big oh, fan of you. By the way, I am okay. I should probably change my name to C9 Super Fan because I'm a <laughs> huge C9 fan. I've been a fan since 2013. Um, but this is my personal opinion. Obviously, I'm probably wrong. Um, Y'all have better knowledge about this entire situation than me. But I do think that C9 would, and I quote, get dumpstered on by G2 in a best of five. And Fnatic would for sure be a better series. <clears throat> Fnatic would be a better series yeah. against G two than Cloud Nine. So you're and, saying, and, and, and there's and there's another thing. There's another few things that I need to preface this about. And it's yeah. actually a few questions for y'all and Niski. Um, okay. So these questions: Does anyone here consistently watch the LEC? No, I definitely don't. Define don't watch the LEC. Yeah, what's well, well, just yeah. just to take a, take a whiff at the highlights over the weekend. See, like, okay, let's see how mad. Dude I don't. Is. I don't watch the bad teams, no. or I try I to do. avoid watching the bad teams. Okay, okay, that's 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 that, that puts the well, mark. According to some tweets I've received recently, all the bad teams are better than our best teams. So <laughs> maybe we should be watching. Sorry, continue. No, yeah, just to, how about this? Keep the argument consistent. Um, what teams do you think are bad in the LEC? How about that? Or your top uh, four, the top four best teams in the LEC. How about I mean, I basically here? watched Origin, G2, Fnatic, and Mad Lions. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'd agree with that, 100%. Yeah, I think those are the only four I cared about, really. Yeah, so I, if I had to rank C9 amongst those four teams, uh, I'd probably put C9 second. With Wait, you just said one. that Fnatic would be a better series. I think it would be a better series. but It means like more competitive. That. Yeah, I, I, exactly. Between... Uh, yeah. Because he mean says be... G two would just slap C nine. Okay, so. okay. Yeah, I think I, I don't. How about this? It's it, there's a lot of like details you have to go through with with in saying that kind of statement. I think that if C nine played G two, I think it would be either a three to one or on the best day a three to two series. Now, if C nine played Fnatic, I think that C nine would be. You Fnatic just said dumpstered, and then you said three one or I mean, three I, two. I said I said on the best day three two. Isn't that a good way to put it? On the best day. I know what you're saying. There's a range. Okay. Yeah, there's 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 definitely a range. Uh, but like I definitely would think that Cloud9 performs better and plays more consistently than Fnatic does, but they're not quite at the area where G2 is. And let me and let like I said, let me like preface this in the in the sense of does G2, G2 play right consistently? Now, Didn't they just have to go through the losers bracket? <laughs> well let me let me put this like right now. G2 is technically kind of handicapping them themselves this spring split. Like this is actually a good question for Niski. Have you yourself played against Caps and Perks, like in lane? Yeah. Who who did you find to be the harder laner? I played in EU. Well, <laughs> I know he did. Yeah, I know, no, but like just making sure. I mean, Caps is a better laner. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and I can agree with that. But like, you got to understand that right now, G two is trying to go through this whole entire like champion pool, expand like mm-hmm. player knowledge and stuff like that. 
And I think that putting caps in the 80 carry role and keeping perks in the mid laner role, I think kind of in, in a sense, again, yeah, but this is, this is them. a complete moot point because that's not what they just fucking played as. So if they played, Niski would be playing perks. It doesn't matter if you think caps is better mid dude. Right. Well, yeah, Niski would be playing perks, but we don't know if, if G2 has that whole, like, uh, Put caps in the mid lane, perks in the eighty carry. You know, yeah, they could uh, always like do their that. Pocket. They could always do that for sure. And I, and that's why, again, like, you need to take into context, like, also meta too. Like, if the meta that we had around Worlds last year came back around, I don't know how how good Sven would do against, like, maybe a perks in that same bot lane. You know what I mean? I don't know. Sure, There's, but, like, but again, that I, was that was last year. So let's talk about what happened just this week. Okay, yeah, I, I, thought, this. I thought this is what Easy we were talking to talk about. All right, let me take sure, over sure. for a second here. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right. My question for Niski is, how much G2 have you watched this split? Because mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you answered. I, I talked over you. Um, I mean, I watched a lot of G2. Not against bad teams, but just kind of against top teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you guys feel like you would match up, given the current meta and, you know, Caps is in the bot lane, Perks is mid? If it's this meta... I think we have our chances, in my opinion. Because I think this meta really kind of benefits when you play really aggressive. And yeah, I think I think we have our chances. Even though G2 is... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, finish I mean, that. I think G2 is a good team. But like, when I saw them play against Fnatic, they just picked three skating lanes and then Fnatic just did nothing or like they made one mistake and the game was just over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh... I mean that's my take, and yeah. Niski, oh, yeah, so right. yeah. then okay, you're you're about to go out against G two on stage at MSI, and you expected to be playing against Perks, mm-hmm. but then the music and the arena starts playing, <laughs> oh and you see instead of instead of Perks sitting down in the middle seat, Caps walks over, he sits down in the middle yeah. seat. Yeah, you just I, get up and walk away from your no. computer at that point in time? Is that? <laughs> I think if that happens, I tell Blower to go mid, and I would go jungle, and then you know, <laughs> it's a one okay. for one. I can play Gragas as, as as good as True. him. Gotcha. That's funny. Yeah, it's good. I I, I think that um, Cloud Nine's an incredible team. I'm really happy that they won this past year. I just feel like there's a there's a ceiling that they haven't hit yet, which I hope they do hit. I think this is the best iteration of C9. I had no problems with getting rid of Sneaky in order to get someone who was a little more, bit more, uh, like lane focused and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a meme I know, but um, I don't know. I y'all y'all have a better idea about all of this than I do. I mean, G two um, is good. I think right now, yeah, like they're absolutely, hundred percent. Really no, they're they're phenomenal. Yeah, and well, I think it is, and I think I'm sorry. Oh, I think it is easier for them to be better as well to like improve to have better understanding of matchups to have a better i don't know they just have a whole they have a better solo queue environment so i think it would make sense if that's what you're thinking about too that like we're just worse because of the conditions and you know just like our team or teams being just shit or no competition right or yeah yeah, like, yeah you know i mean even if you just said like this was a team that was in the world finals last year you know north america might be a little arrogant to think that the moment we've developed a really good team that we could somehow beat them like i think i think that's an acceptable take um and i think that those are angles that you could you could work this conversation on because because ultimately i agree with the caller a little bit i don't know about dumpster but i think g2 would win (laughs) uh but i i think it's hard to know because some of these other points like nitsky was saying 
like if you gave them a month in the same environment, like for international competition, you might get for worlds or something like how much can, can C9 catch up? If you played, if you just stuck them in a, in a match right now, I, I would probably expect G2 to be better. I feel like the top three teams in EU are significantly better than the top three teams in NA and even the fourth team. Um, but would you, but would you at least like on the, on the baseline concede that C9 is definitely a top two uh, if you mix uh C9 yeah, with the top yeah. three of the EU. Yeah. yeah, like it would probably, like you're saying, be G2, Fnatic C9 somewhere underneath them, and then probably Mad Lions and Origin. Yeah. And then. And then also, one thing I think that's really important I think, for example, for us, like in our scrims, we just kind of win every game. So we think, for example, this matchup is good, or like this playstyle is good that we do right now. But like we won't play against G2, and they might put Maokai Med. Or whatever with TP, and then they might just match my plays, or you know they might do random shit that might kind of stop our playstyles, which no one kind of does in NA. And you know, at that point, I think it just depends on how we adapt to losses, I guess, because we're yeah. not losing that much. So that's yeah. definitely I mean, one of the reasons I mentioned like the whole month of scrims because I was I had a pretty big conversation about this with a bunch of the analysts during one of one of your games. We were talking about just how like you guys don't have any competition and like how important competition is for improving and. Uh, we all agreed on some level that like you can get away with shit that you should not be able to get away with when mm -hmm. you have um, this and you have to be very, very careful to be very analytical of your games and post games and stuff and be like, yes, this worked because I'm better, <laughs> yeah. but it's not actually a good play. Uh, and, and finding that line can be really hard for a team like C9 when they are crushing on LCS stage, they're crushing on scrims and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's Niski, I'm, I'm not going to lie, man, it's not even fair what <laughs> it's not even fair but other than that i appreciate y'all having me on the show yeah um, thanks so much I, was, I i went i got tickets for uh the finals in texas i was super heartbroken about the whole COVID 19 thing kind of ruining it um yeah. but, but congratulations niski you are my hero i've been waiting for this moment since 2013 <laughs> so for a Hell long time yeah, dude. i couldn't really do anything so i just had a party with my girlfriend and friends uh, here yesterday but i really enjoyed it um Probably one of the best days of my life. Sound like a clown, <laughs> joking. But I, and really I love how you immediately no. followed up by calling in and telling Niski that he would get shit on by G two. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, I try to set some context. I try to set some context. Yeah, you're, you're, I would, you're I would be C nine super fan, just like Mister TSM super fan McGee over there, you know. But <laughs> yeah, but I really appreciate y'all having me and um, huge fan Niski. Keep it up, man. I, you got Thank my you. support the whole way. Yeah. Have, have a good one. Thanks so much for the call. I'll take it easy. Bye bye. Yeah. See ya. Got a couple more callers. Uh, Joey Ride is uh, just primed. Thank you for the sub. If you're listening to the uh, VOD right now on YouTube or maybe even the VOD on Twitch, maybe you're listening to the podcast and you think to yourself, oh, I have Twitch Prime. Oh, Mark's back with the guest. Uh, yep. I'm just going to say you, could, you can come drop it. Dr. Manhattan is here. Dr. Manhattan, welcome back to the show. We've missed you, friend. Uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show? What I want to talk about is what has been what I think was the big highlight of the LEC and pretty much also as playoffs is that the fact that they have integrated the losers brackets and how in the future we need to like for international tournaments. I think that it's very uh, important that we have losers brackets for um for international tournaments, for um, for competitive integrity, because we we see this for the past like weekend. What would this 
Don't you? I'm think trying to think. Is there is there a way to know what this this would have looked like if we didn't have the losers bracket? Yeah. So the most important one we would have seen is that G two would have gotten eliminated, and you know after losing to Mad, uh, to my knowledge, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they would have got eliminated, Mad. but they uh, would not play the same weight though. I think. You think they would have played more? I mean, I think if you serious. lose the best of fives and then you you're gone, I think you try out for your life, you know. But if you can have another chance, then you're like taking it easy in a way. I yeah. Think, at least. It's hard to get that thought out of the back of your mind, and like. I want to say, you know, like some of those games versus Mad Lions were kind of trolling with like some of the shit Caps was doing. But at the same time, like their finals also had some pretty crazy ass games too with like the TPs going all over the place during the lane swap and like some of that stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I ultimately agree that like you can't get rid of those thoughts in your head where you're like, uh, on the one hand, it's going to be really embarrassing if we lose to Mad Lions, but we're also not out. Would and then FlyQuest would not have made it to the finals either, right? Because they would have been eliminated by. Uh, it depends how because you uh, C nine would have had draw for potential reseeding um, because you you reseed because like right now the C nine and EG would have had buys into the second round and FlyQuest as the third seed would have played Golden Guardians right away yeah. in. TSM would have played 100 Thieves. Um, and then... Actually, no, wait. 100 Thieves was for the fourth seed. So 100 Thieves would have played TSM right away. Or, excuse me, FlyQuest would have played TSM right away. 100 Thieves would have played Golden Guardians. It would have shaken out a little different. Um, and depending on how good FlyQuest was playing, and if they played uh, EG, they yeah. might have still made finals. It's hard to... It's I don't know. It's too fucking hard. Because they, they lost to EG earlier... And then they beat them in the second chance, right? Yeah, but they wouldn't have played them in the first phase. And so it's hard to know what they have Yeah, it's kind of impossible to know yeah. what would have happened. Okay. Um, either way, uh, to the caller's point, Niski, how do you feel about the double elimination bracket since this is the first time we've had it? Did you feel annoyed you had to win extra series? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, would you, Niski, would you also have been annoyed if, like, you, like, you don't get a second chance even though everybody else gets a second chance? Was that annoying to you? Um... I mean, I think it's it's a good system when you're a worse team, because it allows you kind of to, for example, if you're EG and you play us, or like, I mean, they actually it actually happened where like they played us and then they had a lose bracket, right? Where like they could lead you just kind of YOLO five games or like three games, or like just be full aggressive, do whatever you want, kind of just coin flip every game, and then just hope it works. And if it doesn't, then just play normal against the other team. If a team is as dominant as us, for example. Um, but I think for us, it really didn't matter because I mean, we knew we'd win. So at the end, I didn't really see any difference. But I feel like if the split is closer, I probably like it that I have a second chance, I guess. Where, like, if you play TL and then if they lose or if we lose, then we can still make finals, which is really nice, you know? So I think it's nice, at least. It also It's also more games, I think. So... What about if do you do you wish that you know you guys as the the top team should have had a, I think it was called extended series? Do you remember? No, we have one O usually. Before I think you had like you were one O up if you were just still in the winner bracket or something I think like Dota that. does that or right. Dota or I don't know, but I think that's fair because if we win all our games from like the winners bracket, then we should have an advantage. Yeah. And like the advantage of seeing other teams play is not really 
big enough of an advantage, I think, at least. Because you still have to prep overnight. Like, yeah, they had yeah, to play like, on Saturday, like but you prepared, didn't know. For example, we prepared EG, I think, more than FlagQuest, to be fair. <laughs> and then we play FlagQuest, and it's like, okay. Even though we prepared them, it's like, we need to change our champion pool, or like this, or this, you know? So. Yeah. Uh, um, I remember in Extended Series, it was like a, a format that MLG had, where if you were, if you lost... If you were in the winner's bracket and you lost, um, it like reset the series again or something like that. It, it well, was there's, really there's, interesting. There's two kinds of ones. Usually it's either a bracket reset, which is pretty crazy with how long yeah. it is. Um, and there's a couple ways to do a bracket reset. So like you can technically do like a best of three grand finals that might bracket reset because then if C9 wins and they don't, and so it's like C9 doesn't need a bracket reset. Um, so you're treating it like, a series of best of so c9 only needs to win one bracket and then they would need to the other team would need to win two or something like that um some people do it like that some people do it just a regular bracket reset some people do it like we're talking with um a game already seated in front so you don't have to do any bracket resets um you could do a best of seven with one game seated so you guys need to win three and they need to win four you know mm -hmm. stuff like that would you and would you have liked that, Niski? Would you have I mean, to be honest, I think a best of seven is pretty cool. I think because it's kind of like I mean, we're just one zero up. I think right in that, at that point. Because if you win on three games, then I don't yeah. know how it works. But I mean, I it think be... at least we should have like an advantage because I think not playing games is not really an advantage. Because like FlagQuest, for example, if they kept smashing everyone, then they have like a momentum where like they're just smashing everyone and they have the moment of like playing games. And playing against us as after the finals, where like we didn't play a game during a week, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I kind of side with with you a little bit. I think I prefer having losers bracket over no losers bracket. I did enjoy it. Um, it was a little sad that you guys were so fucking good that it kind of made it feel a little pointless. <laughs> uh, so it might not be the best like immediate split to kind of judge the success of the format. But I also do agree that I think a team should have an, a, a slightly bigger advantage in, in it. Um, should this be included in international events? Because I worry that for Worlds, that it just question, becomes yeah. like a giant fucking cluster. No, like, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think it should be happening international. Because it's well, really how come? different then. I mean, because like, I don't know. It's like, the teams are already good. Like, the teams should be good that are there. But, yeah. like, yeah, like players, you have six teams that maybe, like, four of them are bad and then two of them are just good. So they will meet in the finals no matter what. Uh, or, like, I don't know. If it I, I think it's it's weird because the Worlds is always not, like, is it, the point of Worlds is not, like, this big prize pool where I feel like the difference between what second and third gets is this monumental thing. And so I really care about who gets second and third. Or like third and fourth, or like this kind of thing that a double elimination bracket does. Uh, it's more about just like who's the best team this year, and so it doesn't really matter what the bracket is for the most part when you're just trying to find the best team, unless it's super, super, super close and matchups matter a little bit. But for the most part, that's not how league goes. Usually, one of the teams is hella dominant, and they just shit on everyone. Come worlds, so like I, I think worlds is a fine tournament for finding that. But part of me does want to know like who was the second best team this split, you know? Was it, you know, actually G2 or was it just that the blah, 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 or was it, you know, like in previous years? I mean, where... Worlds Worlds has had a lot of stompy finals. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, is KT and IG, like that's one that chat's pointing out. That was a really famous one where it's just like, oh, God, 
that was the closest series IG played and it happened in quarters. You know, is KT actually the second best team or what? There's another one that I think that's kind of on the same vein of that. And that's, I think, part of the reason Samsung in 2016 made it to the finals is because they didn't have rocks in their bracket. You know, who could who knows what could have happened if that was, if they, you know, got to losers or they were on the same side of the bracket where the bracket draw matters more than, you know, it, yeah. just, it just has too much weight on it. You know what I mean? Where you can dodge and up. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the, the the argument against that kind of stuff is like, well, the point of Worlds is not to figure this out. It's to figure out who's the best team. And the tournament does that currently. But it, it does feel kind of bad not to, you know, that draw does matter this much, it feels like. Niski, how, how do you feel having having been to Worlds? and? I think it's a fine format, to be honest. I don't think they should change. I think it make it, it made it really, it would make it really weird. Because it's like such a big competition as well. So like trying it's already something, so long. Yeah, it's like trying something first time in like the biggest competition that there is. It's like weird, but how do you feel about? Oh, I mean, that's maybe too much of a tangent. But I was gonna say, for me, the biggest thing to fix in air quotes with worlds is the the draw system. Yeah, I agree with that. Because I think it's a bit of a luck. I think at least because like I, yeah, come on, we don't we don't need to pretend J team is the same as the other teams in the no, second but like for example splice just take splice like they're the third best team of europe <laughs> and they got the freest group for example while yeah. g2 should have got like a hard group right where like they have the second seed from any i think and like they had your you guys and they had second a seed from korea i think yeah griffin so it's like splice should have been in our group and then g2 should have been in the other group because i mean i don't know it's just i think the drawing system is kind of weird but that's how it is yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have talked. I mean, we've talked extensively yeah. about the draw system on here. Yeah, Doctor Manhattan, any rebuttals on the the worlds or international stuff? I do agree that the group system does need a kind of change. I just, I think it's more so. <laughs> I want to have the most hype finals possible, you know, mm -hmm. or like so. That's kind of where like my kind of thing comes from, you know. Right? I, I want to know for a fact that this was the, mo the best possible finals we could have gotten versus up. Oh, they got lucky and now they avoid an opponent that could have beat them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much, Dr. Manhattan, for calling in. Any final thoughts before we move on to our next caller? Uh, no, pleasure being on here once again. Sad I couldn't go to Dallas uh, this year to see you guys win this game, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I always appreciate you have, uh, calling in. Thanks so much for your call. Oh, appreciate it. Have a good yeah. night. Two more callers to go. And, uh, then we will wrap up. I'm chasing my most ever subs I've ever had this month. That's what I've decided to do. That's why I'm selling out so much, everybody. I think the most I've ever had was like 1,600 or 1,700. Kennedy is here. Kennedy, where are you calling from? Harrisburg, PA. How's it going in Harrisburg, PA? Uh, have you seen the news? <laughs> Not good. I, Not well, good. I mean, it, it, in, is it worse there? I haven't seen anything related to Harrisburg specifically. There was a protest today downtown. Oh, oh. I'm yes. looking at this right now. Yeah, I yes. did see these How images. Cringe. I didn't realize it was there. How um, cringe. Did, did you attend the protest? Did you feel strongly <laughs> about this? Absolutely. You wore a mask if did you did. Did you protest the protesters? <laughs> I, I stayed my ass inside. I, I don't like to do all that. It's yeah. actually yeah. crazy. Good call. Uh, well, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, my take was that Niski has become the player everyone wanted Bjergsen to become, and he's actually surpassed. 
that. And uh, my reasonings are he enables his team with the help of Blabber. There's a little asterisk right there. He's more consistent <laughs> since like the past two years. He has better adaption skills with meta champs. Uh, and I don't know, this is kind of like iffy, but he's a flashier player than Bjergsen, and he can actually carry. And lastly, he just has a better haircut. So <laughs> I will not have it for long, though. <laughs> when are you growing out your beard? It's the perfect time. No, 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 that's not happening. This, uh, this episode is so fully demonstrating why I love doing this show. Because you just get just no other show this week. There's going to be all these other shows out there, right? And they're going to be like, man, FlyQuest sucks. And man, blah, blah, blah. And like, we just, there's conversations you don't get anywhere else than, than on the show. So that's, that's why we're the superior one. And Anywho, now Niski can uh, Niski directly explain comment. to us why you are better than Bjergsen has ever been, and you're the player <laughs> everyone aspires to be, and why you hang out with the chillest dudes and wear the freshest clothes and etc. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know if I'm a better Bjergsen. I think our playstyles are way different. To be honest, I think he plays a way more controlled style. Uh, Usually doesn't die randomly, you know, uh, plays really with his team, has always like good wave management and blah, blah, like all the good stuff that a player should have, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, you know, all, I mean, all the boring stuff, you know, um, yeah. and then I think my place is just way different and I don't know. I think I've been good this year, specifically the spring split. I feel like last year I was kind of a bit more coin flip, I guess, in a way. Um, so yeah, I think my playstyle has been working really well. And I think if that's what you mean by like, Peter Bjergsen, where like, he helps his team in like every way to just win the game, rather than just looking good himself, I guess. Um, then yeah, I guess I'm just, I guess I am the better than, you know. <laughs> there we go. Uh, well, let's, well, Mark, let's... do you think that's fair? Is this... Have people wanted Bjergsen to be this more collaborative I'll, player? Or in... I'll, I'll answer that once I get some more spicy stuff out of Niski. I want to ask a couple more questions. Okay. <laughs> Man, you can't love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you so have I mean, him come back. He did us a you, favor by coming on. You, you've played a couple splits now in North America, and some of them pretty pretty far apart. I mean, like your big moment in North America that it, like when people were like, oh, shit, Niski's actually like pretty good was the Lucian game that you played yeah. on Envy a couple of years ago. Uh, and it was against Bjergsen, and you kind of fucked him up. So, like, you can compare yourself against him pretty well, given that you had last split as well, and you've played against him in, for, for a long time now. Uh, so how do you feel, um, you know, hit how you've compared to him over, over the years? Do you feel like you've gotten significantly better? Has he, like, flatlined? Because I think that is a community perception right now, that he was god-tier compared to everyone else. And he hasn't gotten worse, but other people have kept up. So, like, how yeah. do you see him a little bit? I mean, I think one thing that for me has been really weird, or like, I guess, like, I wondered a lot is like when I was in Envy, for example, I think he was way better than me. I think that's just a fact. I was, I mean, I was just really bad at him, and he was really good. Um, but I feel like over the years, his playstyle has not changed, I think. And. He's been playing the same on every patch, kind of, where, like, 
safe, you know, always there, like, puts good damage, but, like, nothing flashy or... I don't know, I just think his playstyle is just wrong, at least for me, like, or the way I see the game. And he's just been the same for the, the last years, yeah. Which is good if you want just a consistent player that just never loses mid and just scales and, you know, that's always there, you know. But that's also... It's usually better for a team, I think, that a player is always consistent, but then you need carries on the other side, or else mm -hmm. it will not work. And I think yeah. with TSM, that's the big issue, where, like, he's always consistent, but he never, like, won't be nines, because that's not what he's supposed to do, you know? And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, uh... I mean, he does have pop-off games, don't get me wrong, because he's still an insane player, but it doesn't happen, like, in a series, it would probably happen with, like, one game of like maybe three best of five or something, but he's always consistent, which helps them a lot, I think. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a lot of Sindri games to split and stuff like that where he absolutely, shit yeah, off like every game. guy, every team he gets Sindri, it's like he won't be nines, yeah. like everyone knows it, yeah. But, but to your point, there's like he's not the type of player to take Zoe, run like what we were saying before, run top, blow his flash to try and land a bubble to try and get a kill to then try and hopefully be able to take turret, yeah, because it's really risky. But yeah. it's also rewarding, but also you look really stupid if it doesn't work. You know? <laughs> which, yeah, I mean, which makes sense if he doesn't want to do it, I think. Yeah. So, just, so... I mean, it's just play style difference, I think. That's that's pretty much it. Like, for example, even Jensen, I think, when he's... I think the good thing about Jensen, for example, like last split, when he plays LeBlanc, or like the Beelies, I don't know what means he played, but like, if he plays aggressive champions, then he plays really risky, you know? He plays kind of coin flippy, which makes it good. And when he plays Oriana, he's just consistent on it. So I think that's the difference kind of between these two, and I think that's why I, mean, I think that's why Jensen has been the best last uh, last years. So Yeah. I think uh, to answer Travis's question a little bit, I think what fans miss from Bjergsen is like I don't think his playstyle was different back when he was hard shitting on kids. I think people were worse. And so like in lane, he would just kill people for not being able to control their waves correctly. I remember just had him freezing on us and just being like, ah, oh, fuck, what do we do? Oh, and it was like the game wasn't as developed and people... When you were on Curse, you mean? Or yeah, when I, was, when I was working on Curse uh, and, and Team Liquid, like, he was so much... Like, the first split he showed up, he, like, solo killed every single mid, I'm pretty sure. He had, he had one solo kill on every single mid. Uh, and he had just a ton over the course of that split. And I don't think he was doing anything more aggressive then than he was doing now. I think people have just kind of leveled up to him a little bit more uh but people want to see what they saw in those years again um but to Niski's point you can't really clap kids like that anymore unless you're going for the crazy play and like hard forcing them to make an error like if you're trading down till you're both at 200 health like someone's gonna die and like i don't think he wants to play that way yeah uh, i mean i think also i think i want to give credit where like i think he's the player that forces me to think way more yeah like what i should do what like what i should ward because he calls for like good ganks he know like he usually doesn't die to any gank you know he doesn't make any mistakes where like i guess every player is like i will push my wave because they're just giving me prio and against him it's like he picks a champion or like actually can push me in or make sense against our comp you know so i think yeah. it's just yeah that's pretty much it hey, I, kind of off topic but what you guys are talking about reminded me of this where I've interviewed Jazuke twice now where he has said 
he gets frustrated playing against uh, LCS mids because he feels as though they tend to play pretty passive or they won't try to fight whoever they're up against and they kind of just like wait for their jungler but and and I think he you know coming from uh, LEC finds that kind of boring and and wishes there was more proactiveness uh, you're scoffing I feel like that was a scoff what I just yeah. heard from you but I mean I think it's fair to say but to an extent I think he played that same style in Europe as well and I mean if you just watch our games in Copenhagen against them like we just abuse the fact that he just plays aggressive 24 <laughs> 7 well, like my jungler just picks Carter and just came mid when he's six, no matter what, and he just dies. So I think it's fair, but also I think it's just a bit delusional, in my opinion. So delusional uh, in what sense? On like, oh, he waits for his jungler, but like, if you can get ganked by the jungler, it means that you either made a mistake or you just say that your jungler is just worse than the enemy. Or like, oh, my jungler is not there, but yours is there. That's why you win. You know. Yeah kind of thing, where it's like, it's really weird because it's just a team game at the end. It's not like a 1v1 mid, where like, oh, the better laner just wins. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I totally agree with that. Like, he's probably a little bit too aggressive if he's like, ah, these other people waiting for their junglers while I blindly push in over and over again. Because <laughs> uh, that is kind of exploitable. But do, do you see anything, any truth in his point about there being less aggression overall in, in North American games compared to European ones? I mean, yeah, I think... For example, if I play the way I play against European mid laners, they would punish me. Or like they would look for level 2 ganks, or they would pick champions that actually can push me in rather than, oh, I'll pick this because I can scale. Or like, when I pick Zoe here, people pick like Victor, you know? Here in NA. But yeah. if I do that in Europe, then Ariel Sejuani, Gragas Yasuo, uh, Kiana Elise, you know, like just punishing the, by just picking a champion, you know? Which, yeah, which it makes sense in that way, in that case, I guess. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I think, uh, to bring it back to Bjergsen a little bit, I think in general, teams always try and take a little bit of the, the best team in their region. Like, if you're getting hard shit on in scrims with someone picking Azir or Victor in those matchups, like, people just naturally try to copy that um, a little bit, just because that's what they play the most. Even if they see these other matchups going on in Europe, they're not the ones getting punished by that shit, and so you kind of just play what, what punishes you. And I think... For a long period of time, PSM and Bjergsen had been the dominant forces, and that was more their play style. And so I, one of the things I'm optimistic with, with C9 shitting on the region just now with such a different play style, is that more teams try the aggressive play style. Yeah. Hey, uh, Kennedy, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to our final caller? I just had a question for Niski. Um, mm -hmm. Who do you think was... Uh, what do you think was the problem with uh, TL, especially uh, two players that stuck out in my mind was either Doublelift or Jensen? Because I thought Jensen was the bigger problem than just Doublelift. Wait, this split? Or... Yes, this split. Oh. Um, I just think they were just not a team. I think they were just kind of individuals where like Impact was doing his thing, Jensen was doing his thing, Doublelift was doing his thing, Korji was doing his thing, you know, like they were just all kind of five individual players other than being all on the same page. And yeah, uh, that's what I think at least. Because they're all really good players. It's just they didn't make any plays all together. Like they didn't make any plays as a team. They just won games because Jensen was popping off or Double Left got two free kills. And that's it. Kennedy, thanks for the call. 
Uh, Thank you. We'll catch you next time. So uh, I always like to think of TL when they were like shitting on the region a little bit was like they're so good. It's just like talent. It's almost yeah, like, it's like they like, were all so good in lane and like in mechanic wise and just you know they were playing a lot of champions that made sense. So it's like a, they were just winning. I think. Yeah, they were like a basketball team that was just like generically six inches taller than their opponents. So it's like they're not running crazy plays. They're not like super well coordinated. It's just like, well, I can kind of just shoot over you the whole game and dunk on you and get more rebounds. Of course, I'm going to win. Doesn't matter what I do. And so that's why. Yeah, I don't know. I I definitely kind of see the some of those points about TL and lack of proactivity. Mm-hmm. All right, last caller, Mark. As Optogram, thank you to Ferber2 for gifting a sub to TSM Bjergsen while we were talking about him. By the way, guys, he's not in the chat. He got gifted a sub. It, it said that in the chat. It said he got gifted. Not just hanging out. Doing his thing. Uh, all right, final caller, Dak, Dak Jamkin. Welcome back to the show. You've been on before, right? Yep. Where are you calling again from? Uh, Actually, Small World, uh, Wrightsville, Pennsylvania, which is about 30 minutes below Harrisburg, and I go to school in Harrisburg, so... Was was there also a pro, uh, protest in Wrightsville? Uh no. Although I know people from Wrightsville that went to Harrisburg for the protest. What do you think of those people? Uh, what do you want to talk about on the uh, show? They aren't very smart. <laughs> what do you want to talk uh, about on the show? I called in about um, LS and Doublelift's co-stream and that uh, their conversation over LS saying that communication. Uh, is more of a weakness and that if players had more diverse skills and were on the same page, they wouldn't need as much communication. And Doublelift's counterpoint that he thought communication was more important because realistically it's needed. And I wanted to know what Niski thought about that. Um, well, Let me think about it a bit. I have a take, but I, want, I don't want to influence Niski at all, <laughs> so I'll, I'll bite my tongue until he, until he goes first. For example, in our team, communication is really important because we plan things a lot we like abuse summoners uh you know like we make plans for early games stuff like that so i do think communication is really important but also i think if the five players are on the same page then you don't really need communication in the in the matter where like everyone knows what they have to do and they've like they played their comp like Hundred times over and over again, like Fevzarakan, Galio, Camille, uh, Sejuani, or whatever. Like, it's always the same game plan. You just cover a ball lane or whatever. At six, you just go bottom top, you know. Um, but I, I mean, if you don't like, if you don't talk, what do you do? You know, it's like I think communication is important because like it helps way more than just not saying anything and expecting your teammates to do what they should do. Uh, also, I think communicating. Is always a good way because it also helps everyone get to like stay focused in the game. In my opinion. Uh, so I actually kind of agree with LS a little bit more, um, and it's it's kind of splitting hairs depending on what you're talking about. Because I I totally agree with everything Niski said, but I've I've talked with a couple pro players and I've heard um, sometimes where it feels like the coaching staff and in VOD reviews and stuff like too much gets attributed to lack of communication and not enough to just generic game knowledge where like someone not being top when they should like a jungler should be top prepping for either a dive or a countering a dive or something and it's like oh the top laner should have called me up there 
Mm-hmm. And like, yes, you can fix it that way, but like you could also just all know the game better and understand what the enemy's game plan is better and, and kind of have more intrinsic knowledge. Uh, and that's one area I definitely agree with LS in is that I have heard some, I guess what you would call horror stories about bod review sessions with in, in some teams where I'm like, yeah, I mean, the coach isn't wrong that like communication would make it better. Communication is always good, but like, why does your player think this way? <laughs> <laughs> or like yeah. you're you know like when the, when the two players are arguing like what Niski's saying and the coach is trying to resolve it if the the answer is just just communicate better i feel like you're not really digging into like the player's thought process for why they think they're right and why they aren't right one of someone was right there and like you should solve that more than talking better and so <clears throat> that's that's one where i i know i even when i coached i was probably guilty of this a little bit and it's something that towards the later portions of my coaching career, I was a little bit like, I mean, like, yeah, in a nice fantasy world, we all communicate perfectly. But like, yeah. you, you see some of these replays from from some of the best teams in the world, and you get like the mic checks on it. And they're not saying anything groundbreaking. <laughs> they're not like predicting the future. Faker's like, I'm going. <laughs> and that's all he says. And the team like <laughs> sees the play he sees, and then they fucking kill everyone. You know, it's not in three seconds, I shall place my ball right in this spot. And then I shall press R. And, the, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I do agree with, like, board reviews. I think it's really important that you don't claim communication because it happened before where, like, I remember, I mean, just, like, an example where, like, a scrim, I remember I was playing Lucian Red, and my team was Jarvan, and then Blabber told me, okay, Jarvan start red, and we'll either gank mid-level 2 or go to his blue. And I was like, okay. And then <laughs> I get ganked, I die, and, like, the game is just over, you know, because, I mean, you die level 2 as Lucian, game is just over. Yeah. And then... I remember Blabber in like the review was like kind of triggered. They were like, "It's like, how can you die?" I told you, and I'm like, "Wait, wait, did I hear you say that?" And he's like, "Yes," and I'm like, "Oh, I didn't hear it." And it's like, "That's communication issue. Communication issue." But like, yeah. you don't learn anything from it, so it doesn't help. It won't help you next time, you know. Well, like I just have to be focused from the beginning. And... Yeah, listen better. It's yeah, like, like just the learning point better. There. Or like if you see someone on a ward and like your jungler doesn't say it. And like in review, you come back and you're like, "Oh, we saw, you saw him, but you didn't tell me that he was there." It's like you have a minimap; just watch it, you know. Yeah. Um, expecting yeah. people to just do your job, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those ones where there's, there's some nuance to it, but I definitely, I, I have heard some some stuff that makes me think there's probably a little bit too much emphasis on who said what in scrims, then instead of well, what else happened and why did you guys do this thing? Does that answer your question, Dak Jamkin? Yeah, it did. I thought it would be interesting to see uh, Niski's take since I think Cloud9 seems to be really good at communication and balancing that all out compared to some other teams. That oh, yeah. I mean, I do failed. think... Yeah, I mean, I don't think... Or, for example, when I was in other teams or, like, when I hear other teams, like, comms or whatever, I do feel like our communication is pretty good because it's, like, just clear. Where, like, other teams, it's like, yo, I will have push on this wave, or yo, I just missed a minion. Uh, fuck, man, I should have done this. You know, like, all this useless stuff, we were cutting it out here, because it's like, I don't care if you fucking missed a CS. I don't care if you're gonna die, you know? It's like, just play your game, and don't bother anyone else, you know? Yeah. I, I, that's, that's true, too. Sometimes you just need people to stop talking. Yeah, or, like, when people panic, and, like, they tell, they say random shit, you know? Hey, thanks so much, Dak Jamkin. Any uh, shout-outs or anything you want to say before we uh, close out the show? Uh, yeah. 
supplementary hot take. TSM's problem isn't their players, it's their uh, organizational culture. As a that's what I saw on the, I saw that thread on the TSM subreddit. Was know. it? That's a, that's a dead body take right there. <laughs> I don't know. I seem like a lot of TSM's fans don't want to, they, they blame the players. So maybe it is a cold take, but deserves more recognition, at least on Reddit. Damn. Uh, cold, cold take, the TSM's problems are multiple and probably not on the end of any one part of the, the organization. Perhaps the players could be playing Reggie. better. That's what you meant coach, to say. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I mean Reggie. It's Reggie's fault. Totally. Anyway, thanks so so much, <laughs> Dak. Have a good one. You too. Yeah. All right. And uh, that is the show. Mark, any shout-outs, plugs? Uh, no. <laughs> Niski, uh-huh. anything you want to... Are you going to be streaming more during the break? Anything yes, you want to promote? I am playing Valorant tomorrow, probably, and I am streaming it. Um, nice. And also, I love Puma, I love Red Bull, and yeah, and Microsoft. What, what's your Twitch TV handle? It's just Niski with two Ys. With two Ys. Everybody yeah. go follow Niski with two Ys. Was Niski with one Y taken? Yes. <laughs> they can't get you it? Uh, I hate Twitch. Joke. I don't hate Twitch. I like Twitch. But... <laughs> that was a close one. And BMW. I BMW. Twitch. Joke. I thought you were going to say that you hated Jack. Isn't it, isn't it his job to, to secure you these I don't great... think it's Jack's job. I think it's probably someone. <laughs> it's not like Jack is going to call you. Niski, what's his thing? You know? <laughs> what? I would. I'd be like, how active <laughs> is that fucking account? I bet he's not as active as you. Uh, I don't think so. But I want to get. I want to give a big shout out to BMW and Secret Lab because Niski might not like them, but I I do. What? Uh, so shout out, shout out to them as well because I didn't... love BMW <laughs> and, and Secret, Secret Lab. Lab and AT&T <laughs> and HyperX. <laughs> okay. All right, um... Did I miss anyone? No. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, also. For me, so I guess I guess I can announce this because um, it looks like it's going to happen. Broden and myself have officially put together, and we we need two more RSVPs, but it should be happening. A a Travis Gafford Industries Valorant show match oh. featuring right now our confirmed guests are Quarter Jade, Masayoshi, Chaco Bars, Scara, Voy Boy, Peter Park TV, X Smithy, and Foosley. You know, there's a lot of people. Uh, Niski, you can be a ringer. There's a oh. lot of people. There's a lot of people out there. We've got. Well, we've we've already put requests out to multiple. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of these fucking tournaments out there who are like, let's get all the best players. Let's get these CS:GO players that got VAC banned five years ago. And like, no, that's not what we're gonna do. We're gonna give you real life people. All right. Let's put it this way. Whenever, hang on. Let me find this message from Voy Boy. Okay. I DM'd Voy Boy. And I said, hey, do you want to be on this? This was today. And he said, hopefully he doesn't mind me saying this. I said, He said, yo, T, who else is playing? I'm pretty noob. And I said, everybody. And he said, oh, Scar is playing? Okay, I'm in then. I've seen his pop-offs. I think I can hold him down. So uh, I think I think it's going to – all I'm saying, it should be pretty fun. Um, myself, Broden, and Launders. Launders, who's a CSGO caster, used to work with us at Yahoo. He's a great guy. You might have seen I did a stream with him and some content uh, before in Valorant. We're going to be commentating. Um, I don't know how much Broden and I are going to be commentating versus Launders, but it should be pretty fun. Uh, we've got a, a friend of mine who does League of Legends observing is going to do try try to for the first time ever doing some some in game observing of the Valorant stream. 
So it's this Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. It'll be on the stream. Uh, but also everybody else is allowed to stream. So if they want to stream, you can go check out their streams too. Uh, it's just, we're just doing it for fun. There's no big prize pool or anything like that. So this Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific, uh, please tune in. Cause I, I want to try to do some fun stuff content wise during the League of legends break. Uh, so, uh, so do that. And maybe if people like this, we'll do it again the following week with Niski and Hell yeah. it would, it would be very fun if we did a show match of like cloud nine versus team liquid or something, you know, like there's, a, I think there's a lot of fun here just to do really stupid show matches. Yeah. Uh, the pros of playing as well, I think. Yes. So. Yeah. So I'm going to try to put together some fun stuff. So, um, Portillo says, if I don't have an invite Portillo, just so you know, your name is on this list, but not because we're only inviting 10 people and you didn't That's make the 10 person nice. cut. I'm sorry, Portillo. Uh, but maybe we'll get you, we'll get you in later or if there's an issue. So stay tuned for that. Thanks so much to, uh, uh, well, uh, kind of thanks to Mark. He finally sent me the invoice. Uh, thanks so much to Niski. I know you, you just won yesterday, you. and it's really cool that you decided to come yeah, on. Yeah, so thanks for coming on. Oh, it's all good. Always happy to be here. So, what do you, what everyone do you else? Yeah. Well, like, huh? when, when is like your off season startup? How much time off do you have? Do you? Do you I have no yet? idea. I'm waiting for Riot. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I might play MSI in five days, if for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think that's happening. I think. I mean, I think they said the date, right? Which is today. Uh, yeah, I think it's May 2015 or May 15th, I want to say. Maybe. Um, yeah, it's. I know we started like in around the four weeks, but it's just what, like, what's in between? Is it nothing? Oh, is May 16th is when we start. So I don't know when you start doing scrims, but uh, Summer Split starts May 16th. So, okay. I mean, unless maybe they move it again because. Like if they are canceling MSI, maybe they don't need that break anymore. So then they do it. Then I, I don't know. You you might be right. Maybe they'll they'll readjust again. I I don't know. Yep. All right, everyone. That's the show. Thanks for watching. Hotline League out. <laughs>